Hey, everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today, we're going to talk about consuming less so that we can live more. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to call it. You're listening to episode 522, season five, episode 22, and we're going to talk about consuming less so that we can live more. But first, oh my goodness, we've got a full house today. We're coming to you from Van Nuys, California, Venice, California, San Diego, California, and Topanga, California. That means both the guys and our engineer, well, not in the house, but they're they're with us. Hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Pretty good, Dave. It's been a little bit. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing good. You've been on kind of a little sabbatical. Uh, work gets in the way of your recreational activities. It does. Sometimes it does, but you got to, you know, pay the bills. Got to do what you got to do. And you're in you're in Venice, so it's nice and cool, I'll bet, eh? It is. Yeah, out here in the valley, it's hotter than a something. Hotter than a hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. And who do we have with us from San Diego, beautiful downtown San Diego? It's Nick Appel. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, Dave. Good to be here. It's very cool compared to what I hear about uh, a little bit north in the LA area. Yeah, it's a little brutal up here. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do about it. But hey, guess what? There's no global warming. <laughs> I had someone ask me the other day, a, a fella who's uh, uh, a German by descent. And he says, well, you when you were growing up here, he's he's been here only 10 years or so. And he says, Dave, when you were growing up and you were a kid, you know, did you guys have to wear a lot of, uh, you know, sunblock and this? And I, no, we, the sun, for some reason, wasn't that strong. I said, but now, you know, I get killed as a Scandinavian, as, as, as a light-skinned German, he was getting killed. And it's like, it's different now than it was a bunch of years ago. That, that sun is out there. But hey, there's well, no... Wasn't that just the smog, David, that was protecting you back My, in the day? You know, might have been. I mean, I remember back in, you know, back in those days... Uh, you'd be out doing outside sports and you'd want to breathe through a, a, a wet towel because there was just that much junk in the air and it would make your, your lungs burn. So wow. things have changed. And, you know, we ought to celebrate that, um, you know, as a humanity that some things are better. It's not all bad. <laughs> Talking about not all bad. I'm looking at the TV. I don't know. This was a couple months ago and on comes a, a Levi's ad and they were talking about buy better and wear longer. And what they were really talking about was quality over quantity. So I'm poking around on the uh, Levi Strauss website, trying to find out more about this. And apparently they've got a whole um, advertising campaign or a whole campaign on this. Interesting quote. It says, ultimately, Levi's denim is meant to be worn for generations, not seasons. Jen Say, brand presidents said. 
So we are using this campaign to encourage consumers to be more intentional, remember that word, about their apparel choices, to wear each item longer, for example, to buy secondhand, or to buy our in-store tailor shops, or to use our in-store tailor shops to extend the life of their garments. Hmm, that's pretty bold because they're saying buy less, keep longer. And if Levi's doesn't get in the first buy, they're really locking themselves out of the market potentially for, for quite a while. But interesting, interesting comment. They're not talking about buy more of our stuff. They're saying buy our stuff, hang on to it and keep it. Now, I never really thought that, you know, Levi's was like a high quality brand. But when you do think about it, people hang on to their jeans for forever and ever and ever. And then they they cut holes in them and they, they last even longer. You guys ever seen some of these <laughs> jeans that people wear around town with the knees and the holes and the butt cut out and everything? Dave, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, you know, when I would say it's more my generation and possibly younger, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're cutting out the knees and it's fraying already. Mm -hmm. How long can that last? Yeah, I, apparently it does last, but. I don't know. It's kind of crazy to me. I mean, it, at some point, just buy a pair of shorts. Don't don't wear the whole pants. You know, I, well, I saw um, there's people that are buying new ripped cut, jeans, ripped jeans, cut up jeans. Yeah. 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 I saw someone that had the, the whole front from mid thigh all the way down to, to mid underneath the knee all ripped out. So when they sat down, like the, the whole front of their knee and the whole front of their leg popped out of the jeans with just like a little cuff around the bottom and a little cuff around the top. And I thought, wow, why bother? But apparently it's pretty trendy stuff. So also about a month ago, I was reading an article by a guest columnist. I think it was in the newspaper, maybe the LA Times. And, and this lady was talking about um, her clothes and how many clothes she had purchased. She had purchased and she and put she them put in the them. closet. And one day she went in to kind of take inventory of that. And she was talking about how she was you know, almost ashamed at what she must have spent for all these clothes in her closet, so many of which were unused. And that caused me to look at, you know, my closet. And I'm, I'm not really a clothes horse. I like a couple nice things. But uh, a lot of the clothes that are in the closet are just sitting there in a pile and, and they're unused. How about you? You guys got a lot of clothes? Well, actually, Dave, I just went shopping for new jeans. Um, quite did you get Levi's? Did, did you get Levi's? I did not. <laughs> I, and I did not get Kirkland, but I did shop at Costco. And mm -hmm. there's a very good brand there. No, no need to say the name because we're not sponsored. Right. Um, yes. They're not paying uh, us no money. So they don't mention, we don't mention their name. But e even with this inflation, it was $12.99 a pair. Can you believe that? I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot. Is that a lot? I, I don't know. I mean, I think jeans are, you know, of mediocre quality, maybe yeah. 40, 50, 40, 50 bucks, wow. not non-designer. Right. And, and so I mean, 12 or 13. Yeah. I paid 13 bucks. I picked That's up three good. pairs and, you know, I jeans last quite a while for me. Yeah, they do. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't go through a new pair of jeans each year. And so, you know, why not stock up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. How about you, Brian? You got a lot of clothes in the closet? Um, not a lot. Pretty much everything gets worn eventually. I don't keep a lot of old things that if it's not, you know, if I haven't worn it in a long time, I just 
you know, take it over to goodwill. Yeah. Um, but I did notice that my wardrobe has changed because of the pandemic. Right. I have more t-shirts now. <laughs> right. More casual. Less Working stuff to take to the cleaners, right? To pay to have the cleaners right. clean. So I mean, I still have, you know, dress shirts for work um, when I do have to go out of the apartment or the home. But um, yeah, so no, my closet is uh, pretty tight. I I had a lot of... Uh, I had a lot of shirts, you know, from a long, long time ago that I could still wear, but um, there were some t-shirts that I decided that I didn't need anymore. I, I decided that I probably wasn't going to wear a, a Madonna t-shirt over to the mall. If I went around shopping, that would just be, um, that would just be a little weird. I think Madonna in her <laughs> younger days. It's uh, a little weird that you even had a Madonna t-shirt, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> I agree with Brian on this one. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> back in the day, back in the day. So I think the, the the theme that we're talking about here today is consume less and live more. And I love this phrase, consume less, live more, because it's kind of a freeing concept. So other than just convenience, what are some of the reasons that we want to consume less and potentially live more. Well, one, I mean, obviously to, to save money. Um, of course, we're talking about um, financial issues and TFWP is for, for financial discussions. And I'm sure all of our listeners are thinking about ways that um, you know they can spend a little less. In fact, um, spending less is always the first thing that's discussed in personal financial discussions with people. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about how to deal with inflation, we said, hey, one of the first things you can do is spend less. And I lamented that, you know, spending less, living on less is always the first thing that's discussed. And perhaps financial, personal financial success is a lot more than that. It's about planning and choices, not, not necessarily uh, doing without. But that's the first reason. Hey, save some money and then don't go out and blow that money on what have you. Use that money to put it to work, put it into your um, your long-term savings and make that start working for you. The second thing I can think of would be, um, hey, it's less to care for. You know, it costs a lot of money to, to house, to store, to maintain stuff. And there's a whole industry built on letting people store stuff in a storage facility. And people have made a lot of money on that over the years. And it costs money. I mean, even if you're in an apartment and you got a bunch of boxes, uh, that's not space that you have to enjoy or do something else with. So um, it takes a lot of money. And then it takes a lot of time to maintain a lot of this stuff. Now, a t-shirt, maybe not so much. You throw it in a box. But think about people that have multiple cars and they got to do multiple oil changes um, I used to worry about that. I don't anymore with an electric car. Oh, I had to get that in. Sorry, guys. But, um, <laughs> but it, it, it takes time. It takes time to maintain it. And maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you like doing it because it's your hobby or what have you, but it burns up your time. Uh, number three, it, hey, it's good for the planet, right? We, we want to be way ups into the, the green thing. And we live in such a disposable world. If we buy less, if we consume less, we're creating less waste. Do you guys know that according to EPA.gov, we produce about five pounds of um, refuse a day? It's about 1,500 pounds 
of trash per year per person. I mean, we got a we got a severe problem. You throw something in the trash can, it's going into a landfill and it's going to sit there for a lot a lot a lot of years and it can't be good. It can't be good for the planet. You know, the there was a canyon up between um, the San Fernando Valley and uh, West Los Angeles. And when I was growing up for years, we'd see all the trash trucks going up this road and then coming back. Well, it turns out there was a big old canyon up there and they filled the whole canyon with trash. And then they covered it over with dirt. And now they dump it somewhere else. But the, the, the interesting thing is all that trash from all those years creates, you know what? methane gas so they built a housing project on top of this landfill and the poor guy with his nice new house goes out to the barbecue and sparks it on and it just ignites a big blue flame and the guy standing there with no eyebrows before he knows it kind of an wild interesting thought yeah that is wild <laughs> and they got away with it this is back before they knew to put plastic membranes over landfills and all that kind of stuff but i wouldn't want to live on you know a, 500 feet of society's trash but the houses are pretty expensive just saying dave going back going back yeah. real quick the the five pounds per day is that per individual per individual wow that is wild that's a lot of that's a lot of trash it's just hard to believe yeah yeah we and we pride ourselves um here at the house that we you know when we put our trash cans out that they're not full or that we put them out every other week. I mean, we take a lot of pride in that, but you know, that's just, I guess we're kind of odd. Well, do you compost Dave? You know, I don't compost right now. I have many, many times over the years. I don't have any space for it right now, but compost is, is a, um, a, you know, a, a great way to recycle that kind of stuff. And in fact, you, you put it in your gardens once it turns to compost and uh, it, it makes your gardens richer, greener. Right, right. And, you know, I used to take uh, grass clippings, which are green and, and 50% and mix it with dried leaves crinkled up. And, you know, a couple months, you got some great compost to put back into the, uh, into the soil. I, I never did the, the kitchen compost stuff, but yeah. that's coming down the line. That, that's coming down the line in the state of California. At least so, in California, at least in California, at least in California. I hear that up in San Francisco, that if you produce over a certain amount of trash, that they, they send you an additional bill. So trashy people have higher bills. That's so kind that, of an interesting concept. <laughs> it, 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 is that going to be the garbage police? Maybe. Maybe. A garbage tax? Yeah, a garbage <laughs> tax. Well, you know, because they do need more money in government, right? They spend it so well. But... My daughter comes down, she lives in San Francisco, and she says, oh, the amount of garbage you guys produce, you, you'd pay big You'd pay big up in San Francisco. It's like, wow, I had no idea. I thought we were doing pretty good, actually. So I don't know. We got a severe problem with trash, a severe problem with trash. Well, and if you're buying less, it's good for the planet. Well, Dave, I think um, you know San Francisco also has a, a big issue with trash and the homeless um, on the streets, there's a lot of trash there with regard to what's on the streets. Yeah. Well, there's, it's a mess. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's a mess. It's problematic. And, um, and I don't know about San Diego where you're at, but you know, LA's, LA's got its, its issues too. Um, and we're just not talking about trash from homeless people. I mean, here we're talking about just trash in general. people in, in general. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I will say, but I will say this is that if I walk, so I live about a half mile from Petco park mm-hmm. and that's for those that don't know, that's the stadium of the San Diego Padres, a baseball team and um, the major league baseball. And I walk down right across from my apartment and it's just tents, probably about 20 tents lined up. And in the street, there's, you know, toilet paper, there's, you know, empty Cheeto bags, Gatorade bottles, but you find that all over anywhere, anywhere in Southern California and any big metropolis. Right. It's what it, it, it's insane to think. Right. Well, and, and now we're bumping into, you know, yet another um, profound issue that's maybe even more acute uh, than just where do we put our trash? And that is, you know, the homeless and all the issues that, that go along with that. So that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, um, a fourth thing I was thinking about is if you have less stuff, you have less responsibility and less stress. You know, it's like, think about uh, what it takes to, to care for a dog, you know, an asset in, in, in some people's eyes. Well, dog takes a lot of work and it can produce stress. And now there's a problem because people were, were getting these, these puppies during COVID and now they, now they don't want to care for these pets anymore. And did you know that the shelters in LA are all full up again? They were, they were actually closing them down or not closing, but suspending some of them and shutting them down temporarily. And now they're, you know, now they're all full up. So it's a lot of responsibility and stress to have, you know, stuff, um, even a house. I mean, caring for a house can be a hassle. You, you know, you get termites, you got to pay the garden man, you got all these different things you got to deal with. Um, it can be, you know, it can be a lot, of, it can be a lot of stress. And I think, you know, number five, I, I think if you've, you've got less stuff, you're going to have more time. You're going to be able to do specifically what you want to do and deploy that time. Ooh, see how I work that in deploy, like we talk about money, deploy your time in a way that you want to, whether it's recreation or, or towards work or, or whatever you do. And I also think, uh, you know, number six, that if you have less stuff, you can be potentially more mobile. You know, the millennium millennials want to be um, more involved in experiences and not stuff. And I think part of that is uh, it, it makes you more, more mobile. I was looking at an article in The Economist. Yes, you guys get quotes from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Los Angeles Times, and The Economist today. And the article was talking about eat less, live more. And studies have shown for years that people that eat fewer calories tend to have a little less stress, potentially tend to um, be thinner and live longer. So this idea or concept even spills over into what we um, what we eat. And if you want to spend some time thinking about it, um, I bumped into a, an interesting book, The New Frugality by Chris Farrell. It's, of course, available on Amazon. And that's all I'm going to say about it because he, he isn't paying us any money. And I also don't like the title quite as much because frugal strikes me as being cheap and penny pinching and, and keeping, you know, scraps of soap around the house and and all that kind of stuff. And here at TFWP, we're not into frugal and, and anything that that may connote, but I'm thinking maybe the better term is thoughtful, makes us a little more thoughtful. And here at TFWP, 
um, we're, we're way into that. Now, as long as we're on rants, there's another word that I, that I don't like, consumer. Let's just pause for a minute and take a look at that. I hate the word consumer. They say, well, the consumer price index, or look at all the consumers. Um, a consumer is a thoughtless absorber of goods and services. Um, I don't want to be a consumer. I don't want to just like absorb stuff. Perhaps they should use the term end user, or ultimate user, but I don't like the term consumer. It's almost derogatory. In fact, I feel like I should protest somewhere about that, guys. Um, and, and businesses think of us as a consumer and they want to drive us by emotion. And here at TFWP, I'm hoping that we're a lot more thoughtful than that and might even take offense at the term consumer. What do you guys think? Am I just too sensitive or what? I oh, not think, all at the uh, same time. Wake up. <laughs> I was going to say, go ahead, Brian. No, I mean, there is a little bit of a negative connotation, I guess. I, but I, it, I guess it, from my point of view, it's just derogatory in terms of we're not a person to them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just a, a, a consumer, someone that, you know, someone to buy their products. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it as, you know, yes, we are all consumers, but we're more than consumers. We also contribute and we do things. So being pushed into a box and labeled as a consumer. All right. No. You know, I'll buy that point from you, but I don't have as visceral a reaction um, to it as you apparently have, Dave. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Brian here. I mean, the way I see and understand consumer, it's just someone who buys or uses a product. Um, I, I don't think too um, extensive into it. You know, I, I think they try and manipulate us emotionally, both in, in, a, in a positive and, and negative um, um, way, you know, they, they, they say, Oh, if you lose your whatever credit card, Hey, don't worry about it. Just take the bags and go to Greece for two weeks. Or they, they, and that's in a, in a positive way, trying to sell us on that, that vision or vibe of, of being carefree or in a negative way. I mean, um, you know, uh, you got bugs in your walls, get this kind of spray or, you know, did you offend someone with your breath or your armpit odor? Uh, they really try and, and manipulate us in, in an emotional way. And it's hard to stand back and not get caught up in that stuff. Dave, my, my ADHD is kicking in. But do you know, because you brought up Europe and bags, do you know that right now the euro is one to one with the U.S. dollar? Yeah, I heard that. That is wild. It used to be like 1.5 to one. So if you wanted to get a bag or if you wanted to get a designer bag, now is the time to go to Europe and get a bag. Sorry. My, like I said, that was my ADHD. But I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy that carries around a bag. You know, I may have baggage, but I don't carry around a bag. We were in, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, Florence um, some years ago and the, the leather products were incredible, but I didn't buy anything because I don't carry around a, a, a bag. It would just end up in your closet, Dave, taking up space. Yeah. And then I would throw it into a landfill somewhere and then I would have wasted all that money and spent all that time storing it and blah, 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 blah. So maybe it's a good thing I didn't 
um, get a really nice leather product when we were over there. I don't know. So what are some of the ways that we can combat uh, this consumerism, this being um, manipulated by, um, you know, Wall Street, um, this desire to a a acquire and accumulate stuff. Um, I've got four things to think about. Number one, try uh, thinking about the five-day rule. And the five-day rule says, if you're going to buy something of any significance, uh, wait five days before you buy, see how you feel about it in five days. This way you you don't have impulse buys. Now, obviously this isn't for everything, not every little thing, because otherwise um, you'd be saying, wow, should I buy some cornflakes? I've been thinking about that for five days. I'm really hungry. But the big stuff, you know, larger pieces of, of clothing or whatever you're, you're in, in, enticed or you're, you're, you know, you're, you're tempted to buy. But wait for five days. I remember when I was in the eighth grade, there was a fella that I was talking to, and he was saying, look, whenever I buy almost anything, like a Coke, now remember, this is in eighth grade, so a Coke was kind of a big buy in eighth grade. He says, I wait, I wait a little while and say, gee, how am I going to feel about this Coke purchase two days from now, three days from now. And you know, this was an eighth grade kid saying this. He was a brilliant guy, as it turns out. He was really talking about using his value system uh, and, and, and thinking about it before he acquired something. I got to hand it to him. I wish I remembered his name now. It's been so long. But a brilliant guy, an eighth grader employing some of these principles. So Think about the five-day rule. Maybe it's not a full five days. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's a something, some period of time. But pause before you buy. One of the real negative things about Amazon Prime is if you go, oh, I need another uh, nail clipper, you can go on to Prime and it'll just be delivered like the next day. There's, there's no pause. There, there's, there's no friction to that transaction. You don't have to get in the car and go to the store. You just go bing, 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 and it shows up. You wait for your little um, Amazon device to go. You have a delivery. It's a little too easy. I remember talking to a lady. This was probably, I don't know, 20 years ago, and she came from an affluent family, and um, she rarely, if any time in her life had to apply a, a five-day rule. And she was telling me that she liked to go shopping and buy scarves. And she said, oh, I love to go to this particular store. Um, I forget the name of the store, but it was something like needless markups. And um, she said that she paid $6,000 for a scarf. Can you imagine $6,000 for a scarf? What a I mean, waste of money. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> a lot, Dave. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it brought her great happiness. But I mean, uh, wow. I, if I could think of so many other things to, to do with $6,000 or, um, you know, $5,900 or, or whatever. But yeah, $6,000 for a scarf, pretty crazy stuff. Um, number two. You know, Dave, was, I was, go ahead. Hold on for one second. Yeah, I want to go back to that eighth grader that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, that it's the buyer's remorse 
that he was avoiding. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty similar to um, people when they overeat or overdrink. Yeah, spot on. (laughs) It's the regret from the next day. Like, why did I have that? You know, I didn't need that third helping of pasta. Now I've got to go, you know, do another four miles today because of yesterday. Yeah. You know, and I think that sort of thinking when you apply that financially is a great way to go. And I think the, the um, buyer's remorse um, concept um, is good to be cognizant of. And to actually yeah. let's, you know, how am I going to think about this? You know, in sure. three days, am I going to be happy that, that I did this or not? Sure. I definitely agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. If I had done that when I was younger, I would have avoided 10,592 days of buyer's remorse from that Madonna shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every day you look nice at the call, closet and you're nice like, I'm not going to wear that, man. I'm not going to wear that. That's, that's nasty. <laughs> so anyway. Um, but I think I think you're I think you're spot on, Brian. We, there's so much buyer's remorse, and and frankly, re- retailers are even so good at getting us to buy stuff on the way out. You know, whether it's it's magazines or candy bars or or whatever they have, um, they're good at it. That's how they feed their families. We just have to be a little more smarter and a little more thought thoughtful about it. Um, number two, when when you're thinking about big purchases, and by this I would mean you know cars you know, motorcycles, expensive clothes, something like that. Um, Step back to your tombstone statement or your resulting yearly goals and think about it just for a minute. Is this within my guiding light for this year? Will this get me closer to one of my goals this year? Or will this set me back and put me farther back, further away from what I want to accomplish and do? It's a way of integrating your your values, your ultimate value in your tombstone statement or your, your, your more immediate values, your, your yearly goals in terms of your, your, your purchases. Um, number three, shop on the internet, not, not stores with sales. You know, in a store, I was thinking about this the other day, in a store, you go in there and you get to buy what they have you get to buy what they want to sell you. It's a limited selection. If you want more selection, you can go to multiple stores. But basically, you're walking in there uh, for something, whether it's you know a shirt or you know a pair of socks or whatever it is. But you're limited to what they have on hand. The alternative that is on the internet, Prime especially, um, you can get exactly what you want. You can go right out and get exactly what you want, if you know what you want. I'll give you an example. Recently, um, I had a pair of uh, khaki cotton shorts, and they I realized they were just kind of you know beat up and frayed and had stains and stuff on them. I just wore them around, but um, I wanted this specific brand. So I went into several stores looking for this specific brand, couldn't find it, ended up buying something off a sale rack that didn't fit quite as well as the the quality brand that I had. And when I got home, it really wasn't what I wanted. I spent the money. So I I went to the internet, I went to Prime and I typed in the name of the shorts. I mean, I went to the label and typed it in. And you know what? I found exactly what I wanted. I wasn't limited 
to what a store had to sell me. I had the whole world offering me exactly what I wanted. Yep. And of course, the next day they showed up, ding dong, dog barks, open up, there's a package, there's the exact pair of shorts that I wanted. So if you know what you want, get it on the internet. You don't have to go to stores, you don't have to use the, the gas, you don't have to use the rubber off the tires. I mean, we've gotten pretty good at buying stuff off the internet. Heck, we don't even use gas and, 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 and tire rubber to go to work hardly anymore. But Dave, Dave, I have a question yeah. because I agree with you for the most part, mm -hmm. but right now my roommate and I were looking for a new couch. Mm -hmm. Would you purchase a new couch on the internet without testing it for first? And similarly, I believe the same would apply to buying a new bed. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, a, a, a couch has got a style quotient to it. Um, but I bought I bought stuff like that online. Got pretty good deals. There's a place called uh, Wayfair, and it's not it's not high quality. But if you need a little something, you know, piece of something in a corner, um, not bad. I mean, you're not going to do everything this way, obviously. But um, yeah, I bought stuff that way, and it's delivered. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the truck and all that kind of stuff. It's not perfect, and sometimes you end up sending stuff back. You know, mm -hmm. we we bought some nightstands online. Um, and they came, we didn't like them. And we called up and we said, you know, it's a 30 day, 30 day guarantee back. And can you send us the, um, you know, the authority to, to print the label, to return them. And you know what they said? They said, well, we'll, we'll discount the price if you just keep it. <laughs> and they were like, I think one of them they gave to us and the other one, we, you know, we paid something less and they didn't want it back, even though they, they said that they would take it back at no cost. So they understand that nothing's going to be perfect. They understand that um, commerce that way isn't always a one-way street. Some of it does come back, but I think they, I think they factor that in. And again, it's not for everything. It's not for everyone. But there's a lot of stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. I think I've I've talked about this before on on um, um, on the show. Uh, I had a belt, and the and the buckle was attached to the leather with these little tiny two little tiny set screws. And that one of them had come out and got lost and it, the belt wasn't working. And I'm going, where am I going to find this little tiny belt set screw in the store? I'm thinking, I don't even know where they would be over at the depot, right? And so I went online, belt set screws, and sure they were right there. And yep. I had to buy 18 of them, but it was still a three, $4 purchase, a lot better than buying a new, a new leather belt. All right. So the last suggestion is buy quality, not quantity. Um, if you take something that's a little more expensive, if you feel that it's got some quality, um, calculate how many times you might wear that and, and, and hold that up against the total cost. And usually you'll find that a quality piece, because it lasts longer, actually ends up costing less. So to land this plane, to wrap this up a little bit, hey, one, consume less, live more, or perhaps consume better and less and live more. And we want to do that because it saves money and because it's less to care for and it's good for the planet and it's less to be responsible for and there's less stress and you'll have more time and you'll be more mobile. God, guys, doesn't that all sound really good? <laughs> it does over here. Right. I mean, there's, there's almost like no downside. And then how are we going to do this? We're going to apply the five day rule. You're going to buy within your, your, your tombstone statement and your goals or your plan. You're going to buy exactly what you want online for many things. And you're going to focus on quality 
you know, not quantity. So about 10 years ago, I was talking to a lady, and this is just to, to wrap this whole topic up a little bit. And this lady had a lot of debt and she was crying and she was filing bankruptcy. And I was trying to console her a little bit. And she started telling me about her boss. And she was saying, well, he's, you know, he's really wealthy. I sure would like to be like him and not have debt and have all this money. Da, da. And then she said, but you know what? He's, he's also dying of cancer. They've given him a year. And I said, well, would you like to trade places with him? He's got a lot of money. And she thought she's, oh, no. And that was um, very calming for her. And yet, didn't it really uh, sum up this whole discussion? It's more about the experience. It's more about life. It's less about the stress. She wasn't going to trade places with her boss for anything. And I think that really crystallizes everything. So if you walk away from anything from today, maybe it should be consume better, live more. All right, that's it for today. We're not going to do any emails. So I want to thank the guys for showing up. Brian, good to see you, man. Dave, it's so good to be back. Uh, let's do this again. You got it. Take care. And Nick, as always, a pleasure from San Diego. As always, Dave, it's been a pleasure. Hey, next weekend, we're, or next week, we're going to spend uh, the entire podcast talking about a, a very common um, letter that we get here, people looking for um, some advice during a very specific time in their life. Those people that have just gotten into the workforce are going to want to listen to what we have to say. So dial in, tune in next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.